Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. And this week, we will be diving into Season 3, Episode 8, Lover's Walk. Yes, Episode 8. Lover's Walk and Bullshit Lover's Talks. Walk. We're four episodes away from our mid-season hiatus. We are. We are. What are your plans for our mid-season uh, hiatus, Ames J? Uh, um, probably hookers and cocaine. Okay, okay. I'm probably going to take a trip to, um, I don't know, somewhere in Indonesia and uh, mm-hmm. have a, uh, I'll probably go on a walkabout. Nice. Yeah. Nice. See if I can meet some monks and for our, for the for the you're you're gonna go on a two week walkabout in Indonesia. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I'm thinking about sub, subjecting myself to a, a, a deprivation chamber. Uh, oh. So I okay. can really really uh, get some get some uh, quality uh, mind mojo going on. Right. Right. Yeah. None I of that's see. happening. No. Not at all. I won't even leave no. the neighborhood. Probably. No. Um, yeah, me, I mean, I, I'll probably get cocaine and hookers. Yeah, coke and hookers is, I mean, that's pretty standard <laughs> for you, though, you know. It's like a Tuesday night. Right, so. What, uh, what is that, I was going to ask you, yes. uh, next to the, to the, um, mug you just, uh, grabbed, what, uh, brand of root beer is that I'm seeing back there? That is Kroger brand root beer. Kroger, okay. Um, I actually, you know, I don't drink a lot of soda anymore. I used to be, oh boy, a big soda drinker. Um, I don't drink a ton anymore. Um, and I've noticed since I've been buying it again, like the prices are fucking ridiculous. So I buy generic shit because like, yeah. A twelve pack of like I don't know a Pepsi product here is like nine dollars or something. I'm like yeah. that is fucking bonkers. <laughs> it is. It's insane. Yeah. So, yep. Good old Kroger brand root beer. Nice. I uh, I I have myself a soda stream. Ah. Okay. Okay. I've thought about that, but I I I, I don't know how how does it taste. <clears throat> well, so I don't actually use any of the. Um, the soda syrups so i just buy like the like the sun-kissed um uh water flavor packs or things like that and i actually i i carb i pour that into carbonated water Um, now is that got is it there is there a sweetener involved or how does that work i'm i'm sure there's some sort of it's in the packet yeah oh okay see i don't do Um, i don't do sugar so well, I don't I don't know what it's sweetened with because the it claims to be zero sugar, zero calories. Oh, it's probably aspartame then. Which, like most of those, so yeah, it's probably aspartame. And I can't I can't do aspartame. It gives me a fucking migraine. So I do um, yeah. sucralose, aka Splenda. Yeah, yeah. When I first got the Soda Stream, I bought um, I bought uh, like the cherry cola syrup because i'm a big cherry cherry cola drinker yeah um and i didn't care i didn't care for the way it tasted Mm -hmm. um so like i said i just usually get like the the various water flavor you know the 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 little pouch ones sure like yeah i've had them you know 
They make um, Kool Aid. They make Kool Aid. Yeah, they make Kool Aid. All kinds of different ones. Yeah. And I just, I just add those to carbonated water. I'll tell you what. One of my, one of my favorite drinks now is, uh, is carbonated uh, pineapple. Huh. Yeah. I've, I've um, seen pineapple sodas before, but I've yeah. never tried one. I thought that sounds a little too sweet for me. Yeah. No, it's um, and and that's why I did it because uh, I. Before I got the soda stream, uh, pineapple soda had become one of my newest, uh, um, I don't want to say addictions, but I had discovered it and was quite fond of it. Yeah. Um, so. I, I like but a, anyway. I like a good I like a good ginger ale, too. Yeah, of course you would. Hey, now. <laughs> Whoa. Now, James, if you look behind me even further here, mm-hmm. you will notice uh, Duncan McLeod's... Uh, uh, trench coat. Trench coat. Yes. Oh, very nice. The original. I did. Very nice. I didn't notice that, but that is very nice. The original baby. Right. Where'd you uh, obtain that from the Highlander, the now defunct Highlander store? The catalog, indeed. Many, many moons ago. Many, many. If if I had had adult money back then. Yeah, you wouldn't have any money now. I wouldn't yeah. have any money now. Yeah. Not, yeah. not that not that the bank accounts uh you know overflowing both busting at the seams or anything, but yeah. if I had had if I had had the adult money that I have now back then, yeah. man. It would have been bad. I don't yeah, I don't think anything there probably wouldn't have been much in that catalog that I didn't own. I don't know, you'd be surprised. There were some really stupid ass things in there that I'm convinced oh. no one bought. Oh, I remember the the only thing I ever bought from the Highlander store was um, the hair ties. Ah, yeah, I never had those. Um, re- I regret that. I belt buckle. I had so much shit. It, it's unreal. I st- I've still got most of it. Some of it. I still. I've lost I, uh, over the years, but I still have the hair ties. Um, and even though my hair is not long anymore, I will occasionally wear them uh, as bracelets. Oh. Well, so. that's pretty gay. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> those things were like twenty bucks a piece. I know back in the everything day. was like, expensive in that fucking catalog. <laughs> Trust me, when I decided to cut my hair, I was like, these fucking things are still getting used somehow. Yeah, because everything in that catalog was was insane. Right. It's like, oh, right. here's a notebook of paper with the Highlander name embroidered on it. You know, seventy five dollars. You know, right. So yeah, I I have a couple things that I got um, as quote unquote free gifts for buying like the yeah. complete series box sets back in the day. Mm-hmm. I think I've I've got um, somewhere around here. I've still got uh, a, a Highlander the movie poster, mm-hmm. and I've got I think I've got a poster that's like the travels of Duncan McLeod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. <laughs> so. But anyway, yeah. Why don't we jump uh, into some Buffy the Vampire right, Slayer stuff? We veered, we veered off course for the last ten minutes. Yes, here. we have. Um, as previously stated, we're revisiting Buffy the Vampire Slayer season three, episode eight, the forty-second episode of the series overall. Lovers walk. Our episode director this week was David Semmel, and our episode credited writer was Dan Weber. Our original air date was November 24th, 1998 on the now defunct WB network. Our Nielsen rating for this episode was 3.7 million households. 
So a bit of a drop from uh, the last uh, couple of weeks where we were in the four point uh, million yeah. households. A few hundred thousand. Um, what's that? A few hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, it ranked 76th out of the 110 original network primetime shows airing that week and third out of the 15 original shows airing on the WB for that week. Um, our regular cast, as always, includes Sarah Michelle Geller as Buffy, Nicholas Brendan as Xander, Allison Hannigan as Willow, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia, David Boreanaz as Angel, uh, Seth Green as Oz, and Anthony Stewart Head as Giles. Our guest stars this week include the return of James Marsters as Spike. What? Christine Sutherland as Joyce, Harry Groner as Mayor Wilkins, Jack Plotnick as Deputy Mayor Finch, and Mark Burnham as Lenny. I think you meant to say a return of James Marster as the greatest character in the history of this show, I think is what you meant to say. So that's what you meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not what I meant to say. Uh, Our episode synopsis this week reads, A broken-hearted Spike returns to Sunnydale, ready to take revenge on those he blames for his troubles, especially Angel. Oh, my. Uh, Mine reads, Spike returns to Sunnydale and kidnaps Willow in hopes of creating a magic spell that will make Drusilla love him again. So, you know, let's just throw it all out there. I was just going to say, it threw the entire pot of pasta at the wall and Mm -hmm. everything stuck. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. All right, let's jump into our cold open here. We open at Sunnydale High where we see that the SAT scores are in and Willow is upset over her 740 in the verbal. Uh, Cordelia also did very well, surprisingly, as did... Our titular Slayer, Buffy, scoring a, what was it, 1430? 1430, I believe. 1430 uh, combined score. Um, Which, what we know of Buffy, do, do you buy that? Um, What we know of Cordelia, do we buy that she did exceptionally well? Well, I guess you're right. I mean, some people <laughs> test mean, really well, I guess, you know. Exactly. So, I guess um, I can buy it. Um, uh, uh, even though she did have such a high score, she's, she seems fairly down about it. And, um, she says it's cause she never really had to think about her future before. And, um, Cordelia says it's great cause now Buffy can leave and never come back. And, um, she, she kind of corrects herself and says she meant that in a positive way. And she says, you know, what kind of moron would ever want to come back here? At which po- at which point we see what kind of moron would want to come back to Sunnydale. And it is Spike, who we see cr- once again crash through the Welcome to Sunnydale sign. And he tumbles out of his car, clearly drunk. And that is our cold open. It is our cold open. Um yeah, he's shit-faced. Um, we come back from break, and he's back at the old burned-out uh, brick-and-brock factory. And uh, he's stumbling around and drinking and crying and yelling. And uh, long story short, Drusilla has left him. 
and he's moping. He's emoing pretty hard about it. And he's being a little bitch about it. He is kind of being a bitch about it. Uh, he finds some of her dolls that had gotten left behind from uh, last season, and uh, then he just just starts destroying them. He's like, "You fucking bitch!" Blah 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 blah, and, and uh, so yeah, Spike is uh, Spike is a different feller this time around, and uh, we cut to school the next day, and uh, Xander's trying to get Cordelia to uh, agree to go on a double date with uh, Willow and Oz, and everybody go bowling, and. Uh, she finally agrees, and they're going to go do some bowl bowl. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Oz, uh, Oz and Willow head over to Willow's locker, and he hands her, like, it's, it looks like a, it's like a napkin. <laughs> it's like a rolled-up napkin. <laughs> and she opens it up, and it's a Pez dispenser of a witch. And she's, you know, super touched by it, and everything and she's she's like but I don't have anything to give to you and he's like yes you do and then he walks away and she's like swoon <laughs> and uh so yeah he's a he's a pimp boyfriend and uh we cut to the library and Giles is packing up a shitload of camping gear it looks like um and he's uh Buffy's in there and she's presenting him her SAT scores, and he's fucking, he's blown away. He's like, whoa, I, all this time I thought you were an idiot. It's, and, like, uh, it's like, are you sure you're a natural blonde? Yeah. And uh, so she ends up, uh, he gets really serious for a minute, and he's like, you know, maybe, you know, because she's talking about how her mom's wanting her to talk about all these different colleges and stuff that are that are not in Sunnydale and whatnot, and and he's like, well, maybe, maybe your mom's right. You know, maybe, you know, this these SAT scores could get you a first-rate, you know, education. And uh, with with Faith being here now, maybe you can, you know, go away for a while and basically live your fucking life and shit. And she's uh, Buffy is not really feeling that. It seems like Buffy's Buffy's like, yeah, I'm not really wanting to leave. Obviously, because, you know, she loves Angel. Well, not just the Angel thing, but, like, we've talked about this before. Uh, and I I brought it up earlier in this season. Like, for as much as she bemoans the fact that she can, she quote-unquote can never have a normal life, she keeps getting handed these opportunities yeah. to have a normal life, yeah. and she doesn't take them. Yeah, it seems to me that... <sighs> I don't. I don't know. It, it. It's. It. It seems like she's can't. She's well. She's seventeen, and you know it'd be a lot of change. And I don't know. I think. I think she's more scared of change than she is just staying in Sunnydale and fighting the monsters she knows. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> kind of thing. Right. Right. But I. I also think they try to pass it off somewhat as like her being. Um, like she's that dedicated to her calling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. and I don't know. Like like I I don't always buy that. You know? Yeah. Like like is Buffy a hero? Yes. One hundred percent she is. Is she 
has she thrown herself on the proverbial grenade numerous times to save her friends and and the world yes she has so i do 100 percent believe that she's a hero through and through and and she takes this seriously but at the same time she is a 17 year old girl and as often as she does bemoan the fact that she wants to live a normal life i i just feel like we should be seeing her take that opportunity more often i guess yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah um especially because like there is faith now like you know, it's not just her there's faith and if faith gets ganked there's going to be another slayer i think there's you know i think the faith thing actually is is probably part of it because i think she kind of i think she kind of is unsure of faith at this point um yeah especially as of late um, right yeah and i think it's the idea of leaving all of her friends, you know, everything she knows, basically leaving it all, you know, I, I can, I can, I could relate to that. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, anyway, uh, so he's like, so it, uh, Giles is like, is it because of Angel that you don't want to go? And she's like, no, you know, we're strictly friends, nothing else, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and we cut away, we cut to uh, Xander and Willow are uh, walking through the school, out, outside the school, and they're kind of second-guessing this whole idea to go on a double date because they're having a lot of trouble keeping their hands off each other because um, they're, like, midway talking. He's like, and can I kiss your earlobe? And she's like, yes, no, no. And, you know, and they're both like, fuck, you know, what's this is this is, this is is crazy. And he, he, he mentions in the conversation, I wish – I never felt this way, you know, for you. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I'm a witch. I'll just make a spell. <laughs> Can I just say, I have always hated this B storyline throughout season three. Really? Yeah. Because you hate Xander or you just don't like this? <laughs> Probably because I hate Xander. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it could be because I hate Xander. <laughs> I don't like it, not because I hate, because I hate Xander, but not because I hate Xander, but... Because I like Oz so much. And I I'm think like, it's oh, a combi- man. I, th- I think it's a combination of things. I think, I think for one, it's I, I hate Xander. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, I think it's the fact that it seems, it's it seems, out of character for Willow. Um. And the fact that I do like Oz and Cordelia so much. I think that all plays into it. It is. I agree that it is kind of out of character for her, but it is Xander. And she's had a thing for Xander since they were like first graders. Right. And I do give it leeway, you know, in that regard, um, because it is Xander and we well established from very early on that she's, had a long-standing thing for Xander, um, so I do give it leeway for that. But yeah, yeah, I've I've never been a fan of this uh, of of this whole the the B storyline. I'm usually not a fan in shows shows in general when there's like a love triangle. Mm-hmm. It's I'm usually like uh, you know, but you know what are you gonna do? You gotta you gotta create some drama. 
Right. I think part of the reason I dislike it too is because it's just it just furthers the the what a a ski Xander is. Like like as as much fault as Willow has in this whole situation too, like I one hundred percent blame Xander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's not a hard like he's not a hard guy to blame. Like the dude's like never happy with what he has. Yeah. Like right in front of him. He has like a literal beauty queen. Right. And he's and, you know and I think it kind of goes back to you know, like what we've said before. Like he's he's got Cordelia, um, and now he's kind of got Willow on the side a little bit. And yet we we all know that if for whatever reason Buffy were like Xander, take me now, he would forget about both of them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's well, you know. Well, I think that I think I think that's a big part of it. It, it just kind of drives home what a skis Xander is. And I don't understand why he he's even supposed to be a likable character on this show. Well, that I, that I can't help you with. Cause I don't know. Um, I guess maybe back in the day looking through nineties lenses, maybe he was a more likable guy. Maybe. I don't, I don't remember hating him this much back then. I remember always being like, well, he's kind of creepy. But not like hating him at the level I do now. You know what? I I will agree with that. I don't I don't remember disliking him um uh to the extent that I do now back then. Yeah. I know I I, st- I know I didn't like this storyline even back then, just because mm-hmm. I felt bad for everyone involved. Yeah. But but you're right. I don't I don't recall disliking Xander Lavelle Harris as much back then as I do now. No, I certain I certainly don't. I remember there were always things that would pop up and I'd be like, ooh, that's fucking skeevy, but you know, never right. like, God damn he's a piece of shit. But Right. You know, that's, that's twenty plus years of living. I was <laughs> I was gonna say it's you know, revisiting it through adult eyes now. Right. <laughs> right. Um where are we at? Oh yeah. So that night we cut to Spike creeping outside uh, the Crawford Street mansion there where Angel's at. And he's peeping peeping at him. Angel's furiously masturbating, and he's completely <laughs> nude. <laughs> and Spike is just watching him like, yeah, mother, get it, boy, get it. No, I'm just... Uh, anyway, but he is peeping on him, and and he's, he's talking the, the things he's saying because he's kind of like saying them to himself, but... He's saying them so loud. I'm convinced Angel could hear him because there's no glass. Right. It's like a shattered glass, and there's like some uh, some wood slats put up, and and his whole face is in in between these two wood slats, and he's just like, "Yeah, you piece of shit," and blah blah blah. And I'm like, Angel's only like maybe fifteen to twenty feet away. Like he <laughs> right. would totally look over and be like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Right. You know, I was. So. I thought the same thing. I was like, "What?" Yeah. How is Angel not hearing this? Yeah, exactly. Especially because he's a supernatural being, so he's got heightened senses. Right. And I'm like, come on. But anyway, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, you bastard. And he's even more drunk now than he was earlier. And he ends up falling into 
what is that like the little fountainy garden thing yeah yeah he's yeah he falls in uh he falls into the to the fountain in the garden yeah and he just and he passes out drunk which um i guess we now know that uh vampires are absolutely susceptible to alcohol just as humans are um did you i and I, I'm sure I already know the answer. Did you take note of what Angel was reading? No, I did not. He was reading... Um, uh, penthouse? Letters to Penthouse? Letters to Penthouse, yeah, okay. the Penthouse Forum. Okay. No, he's reading... He's reading <laughs> La Nausea by, by Jean-Paul Sarté. Oh, okay. Um, it would have been better it, if he'd have been reading, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula or something. Oh, um, it's, it's basic, it's, uh, it's about, um, uh, it, it's the, it's the thoughts and subjective experiences kind of in a diary format of the main character, Antoine Roquentin, um, who's a melancholy and socially isolated intellectual, um, uh, whose growing alienation and disillusionment uh, um, coincide with an increasingly intense experience of revulsion, which he calls the nausea. Um, but I thought it was, I thought it was interesting that they had angel reading it. Um, so angel be- sees himself as a, as a lonely intellectual it, who that's is nauseated I, by, by, by uh, society. That, that's kind of what I was taking away from having him read that. Yeah. Like he's like, I am way too smart for this world. Like he's definitely, and he's definitely identifies with the main character of, of that, of that, uh, of that novel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of funny. Uh, the next morning spikes spike, uh, awakens from his drunken stupor. Because his hand is on fucking fire. Because the sun is coming in, and his hand was laying in in a beam of sun, and he's like, "Ah, fuck!" And he jumps up and runs over and throws it, dunks it in some fucking water in the fountain, and then he's run tries to run up the stairs, but it's the sun's up there too, so he's got the coat over himself, and he ends up getting into his running to his car and diving into his car and slamming the door shut, which because all the windows are like painted out black and um. What's he do? Pour some alcohol on his hand and then starts drinking um, some more and whining. This is another part. Like it's an it's a obviously it's still the same scene, but like he's screaming because he's on fucking fire. And I'm like, where the fuck is Angel? Well, what can he like, do? Was he gonna run out? He couldn't run out in the sun and check, I guess. Right, but I mean, but he has like, to be like, who's that? Who's screaming outside my right, house? Like, who the fuck is screaming outside <laughs> outside my mansion right yeah, now? Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, he's pretty much he's still being emo, Spike, and woe is me and everything. And back at home, uh, mom. And Buffy are in the kitchen, uh, chit chatting. And uh, what are they uh, chit chatting about there, Ames J? Um, they're talking about <clears throat> Buffy's night of passion with Angel. Oh. Joyce has decided she wants to hear all about that Angel loving. She wants the full details, right? Even, and... even though that's her daughter, she still wants the full details. 
Right. That's and Buffy's like, she's in the middle of telling Joyce that Angel's hung like a fucking <laughs> uh, <laughs> Clydesdale. Like a corpse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're um Joyce is still pushing the whole college thing on Buffy and Buffy's kinda not having it and um Joyce is like, Well, you know, what's what could possibly be keeping you, you know, here? And then we cut to Buffy visiting Angel at the mansion and And she's he, like, uh, All of this hunkness right here, shoot. Right. And um he uh, he basically tells her that he agrees with everyone else, and she should, you know, get out of Sunnydale and and you know, go get a, uh, her education and and live her life. And she's like, okay, uh, deuces, and she leaves. <laughs> she does. She never leaves. never to see Angel again. Um, which funny because like he's basically like, yeah, you should definitely like get the fuck out of Sunnydale and. And, you know, have a future. And, like, obviously she's upset by this. Like, that's not what she wanted him to say, you know? Right. And and so she starts to pack up the leave, and he's all like, where are you going? Like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? You just got here. Why are you leaving? You're right. You just got here. Why are you leaving? And I'm like, you're such a fucking idiot. I know. (laughs) For somebody who's lived for 200 and some odd years, my friend, uh. You've, right. you've not learned many social cues. Uh, so, yeah, she leaves, and we see the, we cut to uh, another a magic store uh, there in Sunnydale. Not the same one that we previously saw Jenny visiting. Um, yeah, it's like it's how many also, magic stores are in Sunnydale? Right, Ben, it's also not the magic box. Right, it's not the one we're going to come to know Right. Starting next season. Um, so he he sneaks in. Although in certain, in, you know, in certain ways, it looks, it looks a, a lot, lot like it. the magic box. But it's it does. Because I thought it was at first, too, when it, right. the scene cut to it. But then, like, the layout was different. And yeah, it was all the, wrong. The entrance and everything. I was like, well, no, this isn't the magic box. Yeah. Um. Uh. So he's in there and he's telling the lady that's working there that he's he's looking for a curse and he wants something really nasty like boils or leprosy or something like that. And um, as he's talking, Willow comes in. So the clerk goes and tends to Willow and we find out that she's looking for the ingredients for a delusting spell. Um, as one does. Right. And uh um, as as they're talking, we see that uh, um, Spike is paying particularly close attention to the conversation. And when Willow leaves, Spike kills the clerk, uh, apparently having decided that uh, uh, a, a love spell to get Drew back would be uh, better than a curse uh, on Angel. And then we cut to Mayor Wilkins practicing his golf putt in his office. And uh, Deputy Mayor Finch tells him that uh, they have a spike problem and suggests that perhaps Mr. Trick could send a committee to deal with it. 
Um, and so a literal, actual political committee goes um, to meet up with Spike, and they're literally just talking about things that are on the docket that year and uh, whatnot, and Spike right. is like, "Right, why are you at, here? Right. At one point, they're like, they're like, let's talk about Sunnydale's annual budget. Right. And what, what we can like, do to maybe get some money over to parks and recreation. Um, right. You know, a lot of the playgrounds are, are really uh, uh, right. getting bad. And, and uh, Right. They're like, you know, um, the the playground on the corner of Maine and, and uh, Martin Luther King could use a new seesaw yeah. and possibly some new uh, uh, bedding. And underneath the swings, you know, like the wood chips, uh, and Spike's like, "Why? Why do I care about this? Yeah, why are um, you here?" And they're like, "Well, we were told, um, right? We that we needed to meet with you. We're a committee, and we're we're coming to deal with you." Um, and then they start talking about uh, the Sunnydale Summer Fest, uh-huh. and and possibly like what bands they could get to like main stage you know the the main night of the of the summer fest um, and one guy says creed right and, one and another like, guy says nickelback and then they all beat those two guys up right yeah. um uh and then another guy is like well dingo's date my baby are going to perform all three nights of the summer fest yeah the same um, song too but we still need like a main headlining act for like that main night and then Spike just pulls the stake out and stakes himself. <laughs> yeah, he does. He can't take so, it anymore. Right. So the committee worked. Yeah, committee worked, and the the Spike problem's been taken care of. <laughs> um. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Deputy Mayor Finch suggests that uh, they have Mr. Trick send a committee to deal with Spike, and the mayor, after a few different. He's like sidetracked talking about offering to sell Deputy Mayor Finch's soul for uh, a, a good short game and um, whether or not allowing a loose cannon to rock the boat is a mixed metaphor. Yeah. Um, finally agrees that uh, having Mr. Trick send a committee to deal with Spike is is a good idea. Um. And then we cut to Sunnydale High that night. Um, Willow's in the chemistry lab working on the ingredients for her her delusting spell. And Xander shows up and he figures out what Willow's doing and they start to argue. And then Spike shows up and he's drunk again or still. And he attacks Xander. And he uh, um, says he needs he needs Willow. Um, I need you, Willow. And she's like, I've always needed you, Spiky baby. And they and run they, and embrace. And yeah. And then they fuck. And then they fuck with beakers all around them. Yeah. And Bunsen burners. Right. The Bunsen burners are like they're they're lit. From Willow doing her shit, mm-hmm. and they're they're falling over, and they light the place on fire. Yep, the beakers are shattering around them, but they don't stop because they're both in they don't such stop. a place of ecstasy. Right, they are just going to town. 
Willow is screaming for Spike to beat up that put what? <laughs> Whoa! What? I thought we Whoa. just had to change the rating of our show. Whoa! Wow! Whoa. Wow! 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 I'll see if I can top that later. Um. So, uh, uh, Spike, um. We cut to the factory where Spike has now taken a still unconscious Xander. Um, oh, 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 yeah! I wanted I wanted to mention when he KOs Xander, how Z- Xander should be fucking Xander's dead. fucking dead again. Isn't this right? Is this two episodes in a row, or was there one in between where I don't I don't know. He I, he he I is, mean, we kill him a couple times. But dude, he has had he has got CTE something fucking fierce right. because. Like, no wonder he scored so poorly on his SATs. He's fucking brain damaged. Yeah, because he doesn't get KO'd, like, with a punch or, or something like that. It's always some type of... He- oh, oh, it was uh, it was Giles who got knocked the fuck out last week with a giant... With a oh, with statue. a statue. Right. So he's got CTE and permanent Xander brain damage. Xander fucking took a microscope to the noggin yeah, in this and, episode. Yes, so, so Xander... So basically, Xander and Giles now eat from straws. They are drooling idiots, mindless morons. Yeah. Yes, they are in the type of wheelchair that you have to blow through the straw to make it move. Right. Yeah, really. Yeah. And their favorite color is potato. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the that's where we're at right now with Giles and Xander. Right. Um. So Spike's got them back at the factory and Xander Xander's unconscious and um Spike explains the situation to Willow and you know uh Amazingly she's like I don't even care. Kill him, right. fuck it. She's like, I don't fucking care. I'm going you would home. be doing me a favor if you fucking killed him. Yeah, I've got a boyfriend and he keeps trying to hit it on the side and you know right. I need this and out I of keep, my out I of keep, my life. I keep letting him so I'm yeah. kind of to blame, yeah, but... But I really need this out of my life right now, so do what you want to do, bitch. Right. And then after you kill him, I'll let you hit again. <laughs> and Spike's like, I'm in. Right. Spike's like, yeah, of course he is. And he's like, well, he's I don't been... I don't really need to kill the guy because he's he's pretty much he's, mashed potatoes. Right. He's going to be out <laughs> for a while. Yeah. But Spike, Spike's like, yeah, of course I'm in. I've... I've done redheads before. I know what that's all about. I like hitting a ginger, so let's right. come on. Because you guys, because you know why? Gingers have no soul. <laughs> just like a vampire. I love redheads. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to put that out there. Right yeah, but now. I mean, you know that, you know, that that's the same. Right. You know? I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just going to, I love problematic women and I love redheads. And you get me a problematic redhead, I'll probably try and wife her up. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Um, okay. Keep that in, so if there's keep that any in problem, mind. If there's any problematic redheads listening and they like what they see, <laughs> hit me up. And you want to get wifed up by a world-famous podcaster, <laughs> <laughs> then just hit us up. <laughs> if this... If this pirate beard and teenage mutant ninja turtle T-shirts doing anything for you, mm-hmm. slide into our DMs. And don't forget the busting at the seams bank account. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh huh. Um. Where? Where were we? 
You're, you're going to get uh, so it, many DMs now. Uh, one can hope. I don't know one how you're going to even keep up with all of them. I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, okay, Spike fills Willow in on the situation. Um, uh, and tells her he's going to kill her if he doesn't. she doesn't cast a, the love spell. Um, By the way, can we talk a little bit about Willow's fucking acting chops in this scene? Or I should say Allison Hannigan's acting chops. Man, she fucking... Because, like, he's grabbing her by the hair, and he's, you know, he's being real physical, and she is doing a hell of a... I mean, she looks petrified, and she's full-on crying. I'm talking big-ass tears and shit, and her and her and SMG are actors on another level in this show. I mean, especially. I mean, we, I mean, we've talked about this before and I'm even going to give it to, to Nicholas Brendan, as much as I despise Xander and ultimately in real life, Nicholas, because of the piece of trash he's turned out to be. Yeah. Um, everybody on this show is like, they're phenomenal. Yeah. They act the hell out of everything they're in, yeah. but you're right. You're right. Allison, it, like, you you feel like Willow is fucking terrified. Yeah, you can feel that shit and you feel yeah. and you want to you want to like reach through the screen and help her and shit, you know, and it's right. like I said she and SMG, man, they take shit to a different level. We're like, "Oh, fuck, is this real? Is this really happening?" Right. Um <laughs> Spike after threatening to shove a blo- a broken glass bottle through Willow's face into her brain. <laughs> proceeds to just sit down next to her and start pouring his heart out to her. And she's like patting him on the leg and stuff. <laughs> she's like, they're there. And uh, he tells her that um, uh, his alliance with Buffy is kind of what drove Drew away. Um, she said that he'd gone soft and wasn't demon enough for her anymore. And that the final insult was when uh, he caught Drew cheating on him with a chaos demon. And she told Spike that they could still be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what like did he, he say said, about the chaos demons? He said in chaos demons, they're all, what is like, it? Like, have you ever seen a chaos demon? They're all antlers and slime. Antlers and slime. Yeah. I was like, mm, yummy. Um, that, like you said, Willow's trying to half-heartedly comfort spike and um she tells him that uh she doesn't have enough ingredients to do the spell so he takes her list and goes to collect what she needs and where do we go from there jeremy uh is this where we head back to the library right this is where we head back to the library and there is a massive fire in the library um and and ironically, Buffy's just like jumping rope in the middle yeah. of the flame. Yeah, she's working out. She's just having her normal workout, and there's this raging inferno all around her. Fucking, like, there's another student in there. He's an, it's an unnamed student, but he's just running around in circles screaming because he's on fire, and she just continues to jump rope. She's and, just jumping um, rope. He just burns. Right. I mean, she's, she, a dedic- she's dedicated. She likes to watch the world burn. We can't deny it. Uh, anyway, yeah, she's working out, and uh, Cordelia and Oz show up, and they're kind of a little freaked out, and they're like, yo, come with us. And she's like, bitch, I'm not your fucking slave. And, yeah, then she she uh, 
but she does go ahead and go anyway. Uh, no, so she they they she, they had discovered in the lab there the mess left behind. Uh, so she they take Buffy there to investigate that, and they're like, "Yeah, we were supposed to meet here for the double date, and this is what we see when we got here." And uh, so she's like, "Well, they can't have gotten far." Okay, you two go and get. You know, she's like, "Whatever's happening, whatever's going on, they can't be that far." So you two go and get Giles, and they're like, "Well, where's he at?" And well, he's at that retreat, that camping retreat, blah blah blah, and. Oz was like, well, I know where that's at. It's about 45 minutes. And she's like, well, motor, get to going. So they head, and she goes off to, I don't really know what. Like, is she going to meditate and get an idea of where to go? Like, I found the whole notion of, like, how we get, how we go on from her. How do I explain this? Like, how she just kind of suddenly is like, okay, well, I'm just going to investigate. Like, let's just take this in a real world term. Let's say it was me or you. What the fuck would you do next? I'd be like, well, I don't want to know where the f- where do I fucking look? I guess I'll just wait by the phone. I don't know. Maybe the kidnappers will call with a ransom. I mean, <laughs> like, what do you? What is there to do? You know what I mean? Like, there's just a big mess and they're missing. What do you do? But anyway, uh, Buffy's mom calls. And they're talking, and she hears from behind. She hears over the phone. She hears, "Hello, Joyce." And she it's Spike's voice. So Buffy's like, "Fuck," and she immediately forgets about her friends and goes <laughs> goes to you know heading home. So we go to a commercial. Well, what but what would have been a commercial? We come back. And Spike and Joyce are just chilling at the the island there in the kitchen, and they're um, having hot chocolate. And he's pouring his heart out to Joyce, and she's trying to give, you know, encouragement to him and whatnot. And uh, he's like, "Joyce is being a better mother to Spike right now than she's ever been to Buffy." I was about to say that shit. <laughs> I was like, "Where are all these great uh, Joyce moments with her own daughter?" You know. <laughs> And then at one point, he's like, uh, hey, do you have any of those little marshmallows? And she's like, yeah, let me look. And, well, about that time, Angel's outside uh, the house there, which we don't really find out why, but he's kind of creeping out there. And he sees Spike inside, and he sees Joyce, and he's like, oh, fuck. So he goes flying up, and, of course, he can't get past the entryway because... Go ahead. Why is the back door hanging wide open? I never figured and that there's out. No fucking screen door. I never figured that must be a California thing. You ever notice on television shows that take place in California, no one ever has storm doors or screen doors. They just have no, a. Actually. Oh, I've I've noticed that my whole life, and I'm like, why does nobody ever have a screen door or a. Anything like that. They just have, like, one main door, right. and that's it. I don't yeah. know. It's always seemed strange to me. I'm a Midwesterner, though. Lots of flies. you got to have a screen door. Right. How else are you going to keep the Skeeters out? Yeah, you got to keep the Skeeters out. They're going to carry you out while you're sleeping. Right. Uh, so, yeah, he uh, he can't get through the doorway because he, he's not invited. 
which I could have sworn last season she didn't. They they did the they did the no no no, no anti- I know no but I could have okay I don't know anyway I'm gonna skip that because my brain is I have old Alzheimer's fog so uh, <laughs> anyway so he can't get in and and sh- and see now we got to remember Mama Joyce doesn't know that Angel's back let alone that he's not evil. And so she's freaking out, and she's like, you get the fuck out of here. I'll stake you myself. You stay away from Buffy. And the whole time, Spike is, like, behind her making faces at Angel and shit. It's fucking hilarious. He's all like, like he's going to eat her and stuff. And uh, He's like, Spike's like, you're a very bad man. Yeah, and at one point, he's like, how does he say? Spike says, if you if you do anything to her, I'm, I'm going to rip your head off or something like that. And Spike's like, you and what army? And Buffy's home, and she grabs Spike and slams him on the top of the island, and she says, Angel, why don't you come in? So Angel's now been reinvited in, so he comes in, and they're handling Spike, and she grabs a wooden spoon, and she's about to stake Spike. And that's when he reveals he has Xander and Willow, and they'll never find them unless they help him. Um... Yada, yada. He's going to make them help him get the rest of the rest, the rest of the ingredients he needs to do this love spell, because that's what he's has those two for is to make Willow do this love spell. And they're like, fine, fucking let's fucking do it. So they head off and, uh, we cut to Oz and Cordy in Oz's van and he hasn't even gotten out of town yet. So I'm like, wow, uh, you're not even out of town yet, so by the time you got to fucking Giles and back, you would have done no good for anyone <laughs> in this situation. Well, they stop. All of a sudden, he sniffs, and he smells something, so he stops the van. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's smelling. He's like, it's Willow. I can smell her. And she's like, smell her? She doesn't even wear perfume. And she's like, is this some kind of residual werewolf thing? It's kind of creepy. And he's like, oh, I agree. And so he backs up and turns, and they head off in another direction. And then we cut to Spike and Buffy and Angel, and they're getting the supplies they need. Um, they're in the uh, uh, magic shop where he had eaten the fucking owner. And she's like, oh, this must be your handiwork. And then uh, Angel's like, I don't even know what's the big deal with Drusilla. She's She's... You know, she's fickle and blah, blah, blah. And fucking Spike runs over to him and starts fucking hits him and they start fighting and yada, yada. And he's like, I'm nothing without her. And Buffy's like, yeah, pretty much you're pathetic. And um, he pretty much blames them. He's like, it's all your fault that I've lost her, you two. And um, then he... Uh, I don't like this part at all. It's it's so it's existential bullshit, but he talks about how you two aren't friends. You're never going to be friends. You might be lovers. You might be uh, enemies. You might be everything in between, but you'll never be friends and blah, 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 because, you know, um, love. Just all this horse, just dumb, 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 dumb. I didn't like any of it. And 
he's all like, you'll fight and you'll shag and you'll hate each other till it makes you quiver, but you'll never be friends. And I'm like, what? What do you want? This this is dumb. This doesn't make any sense. And we cut back into the factory and Xander's waking up and um, she's feeding him through a straw, some oatmeal, because he's he now has the mental capacity of a shoe. And... And he's like, where are we? She explains everything. And they're discussing basically what they can do to get the fuck out of this situation. And and she's Willow's like, well, either I cast a spell and he kills us, or I refuse to cast the spell and he kills us. And Xander's like, well, how about a third option? So she suggests that maybe he got so drunk that he'll pass out and forget about him and they can leave. Or, or, and then he'll end up leaving them there to starve to death. <clears throat> and she's like, that's probably our best option. And uh, all of a sudden, they start making out. I mean, Xander's literally got all this dried blood on the side of his <laughs> face from getting housed, and he's completely fucked up, but they're making out. And just in time for Oz and Cordelia to get there, because Oz has apparently tracked her down with his nose. And they walk in on those two making out. And Cordelia is fucking horrified. She turns, runs, goes to run back up the steps. She gets about halfway up the steps, and they crumble. She falls through. They all go running up there, and they look down, and she's flat on her back, and she, you know, and all this rubble, and she's like, I fell. And then the camera pans down, and you see that she's been fucking impaled by, like, a piece of rebar. And it ain't looking good for Cordy. And that's not one of our killing the characters jokes. That's legit. But fun fact, this is semi uh, true to life as Charisma Carpenter was impaled on a piece of rebar when she was five years old. Really? Yep. She has a big scar on her stomach from being impaled by a piece of rebar when she was five. Well, goddamn, that's a pretty fucked up thing to ask her to act out. <laughs> of course, it is he who must not be named, and that probably turned him on some weird way. Uh, so, well, and if she was five, she probably doesn't even remember it happened. I think I would remember if I was ever impaled by anything. Eh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would. Uh, unless it was Dick. Dude, what? dude, dude. Dude, you don't remember shit I say like 15 minutes ago, okay? I'm not believing you're remembering you're getting impaled by rebar. Well, I was talking just now, and I looked up and saw you on camera, and I was like, when did he get here? (laughs) So, I mean, uh, I thought this was a solo show. Uh, So, uh, Buffy and Angel and Spike are leaving with the supplies. They have the supplies, so they're like, let's get this fucking over with. Let's go. So they leave the magic shop. They're heading down the road. And then a group of Mr. Trick's uh, quote-unquote committee shows up and surrounds them. And a big-ass fucking melee ensues. And there's like 75,000 vampires versus these three. And they're fighting them off, for the most part, fairly decently. They end up getting... um, Pushed in, they they have to kind of retreat back into the magic shop, um, and they're trying to barricade doors and windows and whatnot. But the the vamps are still coming, and um, 
you know, fisticuffs, fisticuffs, fisticuffs. And at one point, <laughs> there was this one vampire kicks in the door that that um, Angel's been like holding shut, and the door falls on him, and and they just walk over it, and Angel's underneath it still, and he's just like KO'd by this. Yeah, Angel's just like he's incapacitated just, he's just, for the next five minutes. Yeah, he's just smushed. And so she fights a bunch off, and Spike fights some off, and she gets over to Angel and is helping him up, and she's like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. And she's like, well, you're not to your full strength and I'm yet still. And I'm like, obviously. He mm. just got beat up by a door. Um, and then they both... You know why he's not at full strength right now? Um, it's because we forgot to play his theme song when he made his first entrance. In the yeah, show. I know. I... I it was a giant oversight on my part. Um, <laughs> I'll take the full blame for it, but I mean, what are you? What are you really gonna do when? What? What? What, what is that? You know where that's coming from? I don't. I don't know. I don't either. Okay, we'll just go T- on. T- TNT at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so. Uh, uh, they both look up and they notice the shelf that's full of vials of holy water. So they grab him up and they're like, Spike, get down. Which, why would they tell him to get down? They hate him. Why wouldn't they just throw him at him too? You know what I'm Cause, saying? Because they think they still need him to find Willow and Xander. <laughs> yeah, but at one point, Buffy's like, why would we need him? He's stupid. They're probably just in the factory. We could just go get him without him. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, I'm not that dumb. And it's like, yeah, actually you are. But anyway. That's true. They start rocketing fucking holy water vials, and all the rest of the vampires, you know, run off scared and screaming. And ta-da, they win the day. Uh, oh, and then Angel, they're like, okay, let's go. Let's get our, you know, let's get this fucking spell done. Let's get our friends, blah, blah, blah. And Spike is like, you know what? Fuck the spell. I just need to be who I used to be, and she'll love me again, you know? Cold-hearted killer, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, ain't love a funny thing? And he just leaves. He says, <laughs> he says he's going to do what he should have done in the first place. Find yeah. Drew, wherever she is, yep. tie her up, and torture her until she likes me again. <laughs> yeah, and they're both, Angel and Buffy are just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I'm like, well, fuck you, Angel. You're the one that did that to her the first time that made her fucking insane. So right. don't roll There's your also eyes. a hilarious part in this where... Lenny, the the lead vampire of this committee, um, he punches Spike, and he's like, he's like, I heard you gone soft. I'm sorry to see that it's true. And Spike's like, soft. And Lenny's like, yeah, soft like baby food. And then Spike's Spike says something to him, but then they cut back to him later, and Spike is slamming Lenny's head on the table. Yeah. And- Spike's going, does, what's he say? Does baby like his food? Yeah, does, does baby, baby like, like his, his food? food? Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Needless to say, Lenny gets uh, staked. And uh, Did you notice there, I, were, there, were several, uh, there were several steak effects in this one? We had four yeah. stakings in this episode. So yeah. if I could remember back to season one when I had looked it up to find out how much it cost back then. It's- it's five grand. Five grand, pop. yeah, per per uh, per dissolve, right? So, right. Or, and that was season one. That was season one. Yeah. It was five grand, so it's 
probably gone up. Well, maybe means the show is bigger now and, and more popular now. Maybe they've got a better deal on it. Maybe they Could can do a too. two for deal, you know? True. Who True. knows? The more the more dustings you have, the more discount you get. Yeah. So um Spike is gone. We cut to uh a funeral. And they're Hold on. Oh. Hold on. Oh. You you left out. So we at one point we cut back to the factory and Xander has made his way down to um where Cordelia has fallen. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's like, Cordy, you know, just hang in there, stay with me. And she looks at him and she says, Xander. And he's like, yeah. And she says, I can't see you. And she closes her eyes and her head falls back to the side. Yeah. And he finishes her off to put her out of her misery and he snaps her neck. Because <laughs> he doesn't want her to suffer, you know. And then... Then we cut we to a funeral. Open, we open on a funeral. And the priest is given the eulogy and whatnot, and we cut down to the headstone, and it's Cordelia Chase. She's dead and is no longer a part of the show. Um, no. <laughs> it, the camera actually pans out, and it's uh, Buffy and Willow walking by, and they're and like, Buffy says, so Cordelia's going to be all right? <laughs> and Willow's like, no, right over there's her funeral going on. Why, why would you ask me that? <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is the, like, this is the biggest, like, fuck you to the fans. Fuck you. Yeah. Like intentional fake out yeah. I've ever seen on any TV show. Yeah. And so, uh, Willow's like, yeah, um, the rebar didn't go through any of her vital organs, which I'm like, if it didn't hit, if it didn't hit any vital organs, why would she have been all like, I can't say you, Blah. you know, uh, the fucking pain of being impaled by a rebar. Ma, man, oh God, I've had worse than that on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> no, you haven't. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, she's like, well, you know, Buffy's like, so how, what's going on then with you and Oz? And she's like, you know. He still won't talk to me and blah, blah, blah. And Buffy's like, well, time, patience, and a lot of groveling is probably going to uh, be in your future. And um, and that's, you know, Willow's like, yeah, Xander's going to go to to see Cordelia today. Today's the first day she's been allowed to have any visitors. And um, then we cut to uh, Buffy going to Angel's, to the mansion there. And she basically, which, uh, this goes back to the bullshit existential shit from Spike earlier that I'm like, this is so dumb. This is so forced and stupid. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But she shows up and she's like, well, um, I just wanted to let you know I'm I'm not coming back and you don't need me anymore to help you get better. And and I can't maintain the lie that that, that we're friends and... Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what? He's like me. He's like, well, what is even happening here? And she's like, well, tell me you don't love me, you know, and we can still be friends. And he doesn't say anything. So she's like, eh, and she leaves. And I'm like, this is fucking stupid. This is all dumb. So uh, then we cut to um, everybody kind of brooding and 
little flashes of each person kind of dealing with shit on their own. And um, Xander goes to see Cordelia and uh, has a big bouquet of flowers and shit. And he's saying some shit to her. And she turns her head and kind of focuses on him. And she's like, Xander? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, stay away from me. And turns her head back, looks away from him. And we see Spike on the road driving, smoking, and singing along with uh, the Sex Pistols, I Did It My Way. Uh, yes and no. Yes and Is it no. A cover but, we'll get it, but we'll get into that. Okay. I'm going to talk about that. And that's it. He's leaving Sunnydale after raising some more shit, as only Spike can do. And that's our episode, folks. That is. Um, how about a little monstrology? Bring it. Uh, there is none. No right. monsterology this right. week. Okay. Um, our body count is five. Basically, monsterology probably should have never even been a category because I'd say 90% of the time you're like, there is no monsterology this week. Well, I mean, the episodes that deal with vampires, yeah, that's not going to get very in-depth. But I'm it's just saying, gonna... you're, you're basically wasting our time with this monsterology shit. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Why don't you just give me your final thoughts, Jeremy? <laughs> now, do I have to give you on a scale of something to something? I don't give a fuck what you do. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, <laughs> this this episode? Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding because we still have the music. Our, oh. our body count was five. Um, our music was my way. Yeah. But it was performed by Gary Oldman as Sid Vicious. Oh, from the movie. From the album Sid and Nancy, music from the motion picture soundtrack released by MCA Records in 1986. It actually did sound a lot like Sid Vicious. It did. Um, uh, So a little back story on that, um, because I know you're you're a music guy. Um, So Sid Vicious was the the bassist for the British punk rock group, the Sex Pistols. And he sang a cover of Frank Sinatra's My Way, which was released, the original My Way, was released in 1968 by Reprise Records. I thought it was earlier um, than that. And uh, Sid Vicious sang his cover on the Sex Pistols' 1979 album, The Great Rock and Roll Swindle, released by Virgin Records. Um, Gary Oldman covered that song uh, when he played Sid Vicious in the movie Sid and Nancy in 1986, and that is the version that Spike's listening to. And Virgin Records, by the way, not to be confused with Whore Records. (laughs) Right. Right. Two totally different record labels. Right. Uh, Jeremy. Yes. Why don't you give me your final thoughts and... Tell me how many chaos demons you will give this episode. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two and a half. I was gonna go three, but I'm gonna go two and a half on this episode. Um, okay. it's getting those two and a half purely for Spike. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It just. It just didn't. 
do anything for me. Um, all the silly love, friendship, talk stuff didn't really didn't really mean anything. It was just words that were being said that together and and then she took it and ran with it and I'm just like, but why? But, but like why? Like explain like why is this a necessary thing? You know what I'm saying? It's like it just seems like it's a thing to do to create melodrama. I don't know. So I didn't like that. Um there weren't like any like where we have stinker episodes where there's just like horrific writing or or giant plot holes and stuff. There was none of that. It was just it was just an episode that didn't really do anything for me. I didn't like like you said, I've not liked this love triangle going on and then now the culmination of it and now the there's a big rift in the Scoobies and I'm not really, I'm not into like artificial silliness, like melodrama for the sake of having melodrama. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just not, it's just not an episode for me. It's definitely not on my must watch list. And if I'm scanning through the channels and this is on, I'm going to probably keep going. Um, it gets two and a half because it's Spike and I love Spike. Other than that, Wah, 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 wah. Let, let, let me redo that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what this that's what this one gets. Uh James. Yes. Why don't you give us your final thoughts on this episode? Mm-hmm. And tell me out of out of how many melodramas do you give this? Uh I will give this four melodramas. I love this episode. It's not it's not uh, a must-watch episode, but it's definitely, uh, if I'm flipping through channels and it's on, I will watch it episode. Um, yeah, I, I love everything about it outside of the, the Xander Willow stuff, um, but that's a season-long thing that, that I didn't care for. I like, I like that it's over. As of this episode, well, for the most, for the most part, yeah. at the very least, it's in the open, yeah. so to speak. Um, um, uh, yeah, I thought everyone did, was great in this episode. Um, uh, I felt, I felt appropriately heartbroken for Cordelia and Oz when they discovered what was going on. Um, uh particularly Cordelia at the end when she's uh, in the hot, in her hospital room crying um, after telling Xander to stay away from her. Um, uh, like we talked about earlier, I, I felt the, the fear from Willow in the, in the scene with Spike. Um, uh, I, unlike you, I, I love the hell out of Spike's speech to Buffy and Angel about how they'll never be friends. Um, uh, I like I like Buffy putting Angel uh, uh, on the chopping block, so to speak. Um, you know, with the whole you know, tell me you don't love me. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a four for me. It's a really good episode overall. Um, I, I, uh, I would say I don't think the mayor stuff was 
particularly necessary. It was just, I kind of feel like he was thrown in there to remind us that the mayor's a thing. Yeah, and he's some kind of weird, um, creepy right. force. Um, right. Um, that that was just kind of there for me. It, it wasn't it wasn't bad, you know, just just a little unnecessary. Um, I would have I much rather I, seen Trick. Right. Um, uh, and I think kind of tossing him in there, um, but not having anything with faith uh, was a, a kind of um, missed opportunity, I guess. Swing um, and a miss. Right. Like, like, why do you have to remind us that the mayor's the thing, but we're not being reminded that faith's the thing? Yeah. But either way. Um, so, yeah, that's a four for me. All right. Well, very differing opinions on this one, which we've, <laughs> we've had on uh, various ep- – a lot of episodes we agree pretty spot on, and then we have some where we're totally on the opposite ends of the spectrum. I feel like you and I have the the largest difference of opinion when when it comes to episodes that do feature uh, uh, anything existential or philosophical. Yeah, I've never been a philosophical type of person. Um, right. I just haven't never. I, I I've just never been that way. And when it's dumped into shows, it's okay if it's done right. But sometimes I feel like it's just done to do it. Like, okay, we need, okay, we need to, whatever, let's split these two people up or something. Let's throw in some, like, instead of having, like, something happen, you know, something concrete happen, they're like, well, some guy's going to say some shit, and then she's going to be like, what? Mind blown. And then go with that. You know, I don't know. It's just... Not my thing. I'm too smart for it. I mean, some people aren't, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. if, if, that's, if that's what woo, we're going to go with, okay. Woo. No, I just, <laughs> hey, I think half the world likes philosophy and half the world is like fucking stupid, you know. I'm in this, I'm the fucking stupid part. Wait, that didn't come out right. <laughs> uh,. Let me remind everyone that they can find us at BuffyRevisited.com on the web where you will find links to uh, our Gmail, which is BuffyRevisited at gmail.com, our Facebook and our YouTube. Uh, Our YouTube channel features the recordings of this very podcast in a video format, obviously, uh, where you can gaze upon our beautiful faces if you so choose. you can also leave us comments there, uh, which we will respond to and or address here on the program. Um, same thing on our Facebook. Head over there. Um, we uh, do, not frequently, but uh, we often post uh, various articles or, or well, whatnot. Well, you uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> asking, for, asking for your guys' opinion on various things. Um, so uh, head over there, check those out, leave us uh, thoughts and comments on that. Um, it's also a good place to reach out to us uh, to uh, talk about uh, uh, the Buffyverse uh, as a whole, specific episodes or either of the two shows. Uh, let us know what you think of the podcast in general. Um, 
which obviously you could do on YouTube as well. And of course, via email, any of those are viable options for reaching out to us. Yeah. Um, did you give them our OnlyFans address? Uh, that's going to be once you log into OnlyFans, you're going to type in at nipples, nipples, nipples. Right. And uh, and it's uh, it's twenty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no there's no paywall after that. We don't do pay per views like a lot of these other OF creators. Yeah. Uh, once you're in for that twenty dollars a month, you get everything we post. Um, Which is shitloads of hairy men nipples with, right. cl- lots, with with clamps. Lots, right, lots of nipples. Um, there are some videos of uh, uh, myself uh, or Jeremy reading hate comments uh, to the other person while they pleasure themselves to those hate comments. Yes, yes. Um, so, so, yeah, hop on over to the, to the OnlyFans and check that out. Um, I wonder what's going to happen if you really type that address in. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. uh, Somebody's going to make a little extra money, maybe. Yeah, I don't have. uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) This might come as a surprise, but I didn't. uh, I don't have an OnlyFans. uh, What? uh, (laughs) uh, I have a. I have a a gold membership. (laughs) Do you? Is that a thing? Uh, So. uh, uh, I wouldn't, uh, if, but if anyone out there does, uh, have an OnlyFans <laughs> account, please type in nipples, nipples, nipples and, and tell, tell us, us what, what comes happens. Up. Yeah. I'm very curious. We might need yeah. to snatch that. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, <laughs> Rick roll anyone that goes to OnlyFans looking for nipples, nipples, nipples. Yeah. It's just a, it's a fucking Buffy podcast. <laughs> it's just a link back to the web, to the main fucking website. <laughs> some, some dude out there like, I'm just looking for pictures of nipples and I found this fucking Buffy podcast. Goddamn Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What the hell's this, boy? But am I going to see Buffy's nipples? <laughs> I'm out of here, bunch of No, sir, fuckers. you are not going to see Buffy's nipples. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> All right, James. Uh, see David Boreanaz's nipples. Oh. Closing up, you got anything you'd like to uh, close up with? Anything you'd like to say? Uh, no. We, just, uh, we look forward to seeing you all again next week. Indeed we do. I thank you for joining us. We will see you next week for... Season 3, Episode 9, The Wish. The Wish. And I wish that I wasn't old. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What does that have to do with anything? I I don't know. Uh, With all that being said, I've been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. (laughs) I'm your other host, James. Ta-ta.